Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon. Welcome back to Hope in Christ with Denise here on Kingdom Influencers Broadcast. I am your host, Pastor Denise M. Walker, founder of Hope in Christ Ministries. Here at Hope in Christ, we are healthy, overcomers, purpose, and we maintain an eternal perspective in Christ Jesus. We're going to begin with a word of prayer, and then we're going to continue with our discussion of experiencing God by Henry Blackaby. Father God, we thank you. I praise your name, O oh God. I magnify you, Lord God, for you alone are the living one. Father, I pray that as we continue with the study, the devotional of experiencing God, that you will move the mountains, that you will move the stony places, that you would move on our hearts, that we will experience you and worship you in spirit and in truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, thank you all for tuning in to Hope in Christ with Denise here on Kingdom Influences Broadcast. Again, I'm your host, Denise M. Walker, and we are back to continue in our discussion of Experiencing God by Henry Blackaby. Now, we, of course, are not reading all of Henry Blackaby's book. We are looking at my um, key points from the chapters. Um, You can find Experiencing God on Amazon and different places. Um, This is... Christian Book Corner here on Hope in Christ with Denise, where I am a promoter of Christian literature. I love Christian literature. Um, For those that don't know, we have the Hope in Christ Book Club, where we are a network of authors, readers, and aspiring authors. And we just fellowship together through our own writings, through other people's writings, and we help build one another up. We do different activities in the Hope in Christ Book Club, and this is an extension of the Hope in Christ Book Club. This has everything to do with my love and my passion for Christian books. I have Christian books all over my house, so um, Experiencing God was one that God just laid on my heart to discuss on the podcast. So let's begin Um We have talked about chapters one and two in the previous sessions or the previous um, podcasts when you all tuned in. And um, in chapter one, it was just an overview of um, what he meant by experiencing God. And so in chapter two, um, it it, it had a little bit to do with trusting God and um, and and then continuing to experience him in his different um, attributes that he has. And so chapter three talks about doing God's will, which is so amazing because it just spoke to me when I began to read the chapter. I mean, it, it just spoke to my spirit about what it means to experience God and also do his will at the same time. So this chapter highlights that I will point out 
um, have so much, so much connection to my own life. And so he begins with John 4 and 34, and that is the scripture that says, My food is to do the will of him who sent me to finish his work, Jesus told them. Again, John 4 and 34 says, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work, Jesus told them. And so, he begins with an example of the uh, person who co-wrote with him. And he talks about how he, you know, um, began to uh, try to establish his own ministry. And as he tried, he realized it wasn't working. And so he began to take a different perspective. Um, he began to see uh, what was meant by the difference between man-centered and God-centered activities. And so, um, I mean, he hit some great, great points in chapter 3. Um, it also says he also came to realize that he had been so busy attempting to do things for God, he had not spent time enjoying fellowship with God. And this one stood out probably to me the most in the chapter because for a long time, over 15 years, I sat in church. I, and not just sat in church. I did ministry in church and I was on different, you know, just different parts of the ministry. But I felt this way. I felt as what he's saying here realizing that we I was so busy doing things for God that I wasn't spending time in true fellowship with God. And so it came to a head just kind of recently where I knew that God was calling me up higher to do a greater work for him to use me in a mighty way through his um abilities that he's placed inside of me. And I just got to a place where I just really felt like I was just doing. And I wasn't being in relationship and fellowship with God. And so that part stood out to me. He goes on to say, often when people want to know God's will, they will ask, what is God's will for my life? Now, he really threw me for a loop because we all say this. I, I said this so many times. God, what's your will for my life? But Black could be takes it a little step further. He says what we should be saying is what is God's will, period. What is his will? Because he, he says, you know, and I'm paraphrasing just from the, what I read about it. He says, we spend so much time being self-centered, basically, and we are concerned about what, you know, what's our purpose? What is God going to do through me? What about me? What about me? And so he said, naturally, we are. We are self-centered, and we try to um, figure out our way, even from the beginning, as we are born. And so, um, and as we get a little bit older, but he says, we should just say, what is God's will? And then he goes on to say, once I know God's will, then my life gains its proper perspective. Why? Because now I can adjust my life to him 
into what God wants um, for this world. And then he says, in other words, what is it that God is purposing to accomplish where I am? So that threw me for a loop, like, oh, wait a minute. Okay. And he also says, once I know what God is doing, then I see what I should do. So then we ask, um, where do I fit into God's plan? He goes on to say, but the plans he has for your life are based on what he is doing in the world around you. He has a larger purpose in mind for all humanity. His desire is for you to become involved in what he is doing to bring salvation to others. So what Blackaby is saying here is, when we say, God, what is your will? Not what's your will for my life, not what's your will for my son's life, but what is your will? We come to understand that his will is that none be lost, that none perish. He said, I, I, I don't tarry because of lacking in my promises, but that all would come to repentance. And so he wants people to know him. That's what I got from that section of the chapter. God wants people to know him. Now, how can he use me, you, and others to accomplish that plan or that um, desire that he has that many, 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 he wants all. He wants all because notice he said that none would be lost. And so then he goes on to say there's a section that says don't just do something. You know, sometimes we just want to, you know, hey, I'm doing something um, for the kingdom. But, you know, what's that thing that's the passion for your life? Now, this next quote that he, he writes in his book, in chapter three, I just, I, I, it's very profound. And I totally agree because he says sometimes individuals or churches are so busy carrying out plans they think they will help to achieve God's purposes that they don't bother to find out what he actually wants. We think that, you know, the, the sing, the praise and worship and, you know, singing certain songs and, um, you know, just doing different things in ministry. Those are just some examples. We think that that's what, um, you know, we're supposed to do because by tradition, that's what we are taught to continue to continue to do. But he's saying here, we never stop to ask God what he wants to happen. What is he doing? What does he desire for the particular community we live in? And how can he help us? Because um, I've been saying for many years now, I'm not knocking church or anything because I'm saved and I believe in um, the, the word of God and the word of God says forsake not the fellowship um, and the coming together but what I I struggle with is us just ministering to each other we spend so much time and I, and I know that's part of what we're supposed to be doing but we spend so much time in in Sunday after Sunday after Sunday 
Well, we're really just ministering to each other because we live in a time where people are not coming to church. And so if God's purpose, his plan, his desire, his will is to bring people to salvation, then as Blackaby says in chapter three of experiencing God, then how can we do that if they don't come through the doors? We must then do what Jesus said, go into all the world. Come beyond the doors of the church. Come outside of the doors of the church and go into the community. There are times I believe we should go into the community, walk the community, pray, minister, do whatever we have to do. Not the the, the typical stuff that people are so used to seeing, um, you know, the bashing, because that the word says that God draws by love. He said, love and kindness has he drawn. And so we know that when we bash people over the head, that we know that's not God's will. And so we don't want to go in that manner. And then we know we don't want to go in the manner as um, false um doctrine that you know people may assume that we are coming um to teach false doctrine and we know that the word of god is infallible we know that god's word is without error um and so we you know i just think that there needs to be a change some change of pace sometime in church. Yes, we can invite people to church, but there are a lot of people that in 26, 2018, I'm sorry, in the time we find ourselves living in, people are not coming to church because oftentimes they're tired of tradition, they're tired of, you know, just the different things, but they want truth. They want us to be real. They don't want to just come in and hear just a series of or whatever we've decided to minister that that month but they want to hear our testimonies they want to hear truth from God's word as it relate to what God not just what God did for Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and Moses but what did God do in our lives so this is what um Blackaby is talking about he says i think god is crying out to us don't just do something stand there enter into a love relationship with me get to know me adjust your life to me let me love you and teach you about myself as i work through you a time will come when action is required but we must not short circuit the relationship so we can't know god's will if we're not walking in relationship and we're just doing just to to um check it off our list i went to church today i i read my bible today i prayed one one sentence today or whatever it is um i taught youth bible study i did those things and then you can check it off your list that's not what god wants he wants a relationship with us. He wants to enter into a love relationship, as he says here, with us. And as we walk in that relationship, he works through us 
to minister, to draw others to salvation as well. And he says, out of your walk with God, he accomplishes his plans for the world. So as we walk, God is accomplishing his plans. So he he just asked some different things. He says, um, you can immerse yourself in activities, programs, meetings, and events, but they will not have any lasting value for God's kingdom. So he's saying, you know, we get, again, we just dive into the activities, the programs, the trunk and tree, just all different things that we find ourselves doing. And even in youth ministry, we find ourselves doing all these different things, but are we leading the youth to walk in true relationship with Christ? So it's it's just, this book is amazing for anyone that just wants to, to you know, just read the perspective of changing the way you think about being a believer. A few more notes that I have that I highlighted that just stood out to me. Jesus' invitation is for you to join up with him, to walk alongside him, and follow his lead. When you labor where he has is already at work, he accomplishes his purpose through you. So his invitation to us is to join walking relationship, walk beside him, and follow what he desires, what he's leading you to do. And he says, um, if we're worn out or stressed out by our duties as Christians, perhaps we are not properly yoked to Christ. If if we are worn out or stressed out by our duties as Christians, Blackaby says here, we are probably not yoked with Christ. That's something to really think about. He says, God's intention is to have a love relationship with us. Once again, we get ahead of ourselves when we try to discern a life plan up front without Christ. Um, And then he, he talks about, you know, what if God would give you the whole entire plan at once? He goes on to say, and I'm paraphrasing, he goes on to tell us that if God were to do that, as he could if he were to do that we will focus more on the plan and where he's taking us than we would on our relationship with him and so i just thought that was very profound when he said that and he says um i mean just many many profound statements he used that i just really began to really reflect he says if we don't follow christ as lord we may lock ourselves into a job or an assignment and miss something that God wants to do in our lives. So we don't allow him to be the Lord of our lives. Then we get so caught up because we're trying to figure it all out on our own. We get caught up in um, just doing, just doing stuff, working a job, being unfulfilled. 
Um, and then he says, nowhere does the Bible teach that God gives us a life plan and then abandons us to work that plan. He doesn't. He doesn't. And I love it, love it, love it because he uses Abraham's example in this chapter. I love it. I love the way he, he used, he compared it to Abraham. And we know Abraham's story. We're very familiar with Abraham's story from the book of Genesis. And in the book of Genesis, God instructs Abraham to go, to leave his country, to leave the familiar and go to where he would show him. He gave, he made some promises to Abraham. He told Abraham he would make him the father of many nations. He told Abraham that, you know, kings and and, and different, um, very great people would be birthed from Abraham's loins. He made these promises to Abraham. Abraham had no children at the time when God promised him this. And Abraham had no clue as to where God was taking him. But he obeyed. And so I love when Blackaby used Abraham's example because he said, you know, what if he would have did that for us? What if he just told us to just leave? I'm from Florida. Leave Florida and go to a place that I will show you. Leave it all. Just go. I'm going to make you this great, you know, person. I'm going to use you mightily. Would I have you know, blindly, completely left the state of Florida at first? Probably not. Probably not. And it would have been disobedient because I was saved at the time. But lately he has been speaking to me in pieces. And um, and I have begun to obey. So I can understand what he's saying here. But his vague instructions to Abraham had to be like, like whoa, this is a lot to take in, to pack everybody up, to know, we don't know where we're going. We're just going. God said go, so we're going. And so we got to get to that place. That was Abraham showing that he trusts God. He trusted God with everything that was in him because he packed it up and he moved. And he took Lot with him. He took his family with him and he moved his wife he took with him in, in, in Lot, and they left. Blackaby says in chapter 3, he says, Jesus knows the way. He is our way. And we know that because that's John 14 and 6. Christ knows the way. He sees the end from the beginning. He is the creator. He knows what's best. And I'm saying that to myself as well. Sometimes we get caught up if God is even telling us to come off of a job or um, or come, transition from one thing to the next. We get afraid because we're trying to see what's going to happen on our own. How is the provision going to be made? All of those different things we're trying to figure out. Amen. And then he says... But your life is too valuable to waste by trusting your own best thinking. You are human and prone to making mistakes. God alone is perfect and infinitely wise. He knows the future. He is all powerful. Your life is in far better hands when you surrender it to God and his leading. Stop trying to figure it out. 
Stop trying to figure it out. That's what we have to do and obey God and obey what he wants to do in our lives. He says, when I do what he says, I am in the center of his will and he can use my life to accomplish his purpose. So when I'm obeying, I'm in the center of his will. I can use myself again as an example. As an example, I can say that God has truly done just that in the last year or two in my life where he has really given me instructions and there are times I'm like, Lord, I don't know. I really God. Sometimes I'll just say, Really? And I and but I have to obey because there's another step that he's gonna give me. So just like me, you have to also obey. As we were saying, if God were to give a specific a specific plan for our lives, we would probably focus more on that plan than we would on a relationship with him and walking and experiencing him as he uses us. One of the scriptures that he uses in this particular chapter that I love, one is is the scripture that God gave me when I first um, accepted Christ into my life, into my heart. The scripture um, from the book of Matthew in this verse six, chapter six in verse 33. And we know it, we are familiar with it, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be done unto you or all these things God will give and provide or provide unto you. And so he's saying, focus on me. Focus on me, my righteousness. What am I um, wanting you to do? What am I wanting to do through you? As you do those things, I'll provide. I'll provide. I'll provide. But we have to obey. And um, one of his final thoughts in, in at the end of his chapter, he says, God is far more interested in a love relationship with us than he is in what we can do for for him his desire is for us to love him as he walks alongside us he will guide us into specific activities so god's desire his ultimate goal is that relationship when I got to that part in the chapter, I began to think about how the word of God tells us that when we stand before Christ, he's going to either say, well done, a faithful servant, or depart from me for I never knew you. And when I think about I never knew you, in scripture to know means to be in relationship. And then that that particular paraphrase or that particular scripture, they go on to say, well, wait a minute. Then we cast out demons in your name. Did we do this? Did we do that? And he said, I never knew you. You work of iniquity. I never knew you because they they did the religious 
duties, their religious practices, but never walked in relationship. And so he's saying that to us, I believe, through this chapter, chapter three of Experiencing God by Henry Blackaby. He's saying, don't just get so caught up in religious practices, not not just religious practices, but doing your Christian duties, uh, doing just doing everything that you think you're supposed to do but never have that love relationship, never walk in that relationship with Christ for yourself. We could get to the end and step into eternity and realize that all we did was what we thought was the right thing to do. All we did was what other people told us to do or what we saw other people doing, but we never walked in that love relationship, drew to Christ so that other people could be healed, other people could be delivered, other people could be set free. He says that, he says in that particular scripture that you never, um, I was hungry, you didn't feed me. I was thirsty, you didn't give me drink. And I was in jail, you basically didn't come and see me. All the things talking about those in need, those that um, need a word, need something, God, to use you as that vessel. When we love him, we don't want to see people suffer. We don't want people to to be um, to not be able to be healed when we have the hope. We have the key to their healing. And so that's what I believe that the gist of this entire chapter is. Oftentimes I ask God, why, 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 why did I experience the things that I experienced just throughout my life? And he reminds me, you can't minister hope until you have hope. So I can't minister to other people that God is my healer if I haven't known him to be my healer. If I haven't walked in relationship, if I haven't, he hasn't walked me through some things and his love that endures forever. I can't minister that to anybody else. And so I truly, 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 truly love, love, love the first three chapters of this devotional. I would advise you to, you know, get a copy of it and and, and go through it for yourself. It is amazing. It is amazing. And he also gives some questions at the end of each chapter. Um, And one of the questions is, have you ever experienced God working through your life as you have been abiding in Christ? And my answer to that question is yes. Recently, I have experienced God continuously working through my writing ministry, through Hope in Christ ministry, as I abide and draw closer and closer and deeper in relationship. I'll say, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me um, to say? How do you want to use me in this particular area? And it has been amazing. It has been amazing. So it is so true. Um, I have experienced God working through my life. And abundantly, women 
um, coming to me and, and sharing how Hannah's Hope impacted them. People that desire to um, write their vision that God has given them and they're coming and, uh, and God is using me to help them to um to get what he's putting inside of them out through the script that uh the the um workbook that I uh recently released and uh representing God you know just God using um that workbook that journal to help young people to recognize that he alone is God and there is no other so yes 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 I have experience and you can do the same you can do the same so I advise as Henry Blackaby says, trial near to God. He is more interested in that relationship than what we perceive as what we think God wants us to be doing in our lives. He wants us to be in relationship and he can use us mightily. Amen. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. We pray, God, that everyone that's listening, God, that they would Stop just doing, stop doing and start being, start being in relationship, start helping in the areas that you have called us to, as you use us mightily to minister truth to the world that is without hope. Father, help us, oh God, to know you, help us to help others to know you and walk in relationship, true relationship. That we won't just do religious protocol or what we deem as we've been taught to do day by day, Sunday by Sunday, Wednesday, Thursday by Thursday. But that we would be in the most important relationship that we could ever have. And that's in Christ Jesus. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. Have your way in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all for tuning in to Hope in Christ with Denise here on Kingdom Influencers Broadcast. I am your host, Denise M. Walker, Pastor Denise M. Walker, and I thank you all for tuning in. Be blessed. Continue to hope in Christ and find your true identity in Him, in Him alone.